Hi there, and welcome to Drunk Distry Presents The Dark Ride, a Disney Parks podcast hiding in a drinking game. Here we will talk about and rate all of your favorite and not-so-favorite rides and attractions, and maybe catch some interesting facts along with our buzz. My name is Ryan, and I'm here with my co-host, Adrian. We are two diehard fans of the House of Mouse, and we started this show because we know that cool people like this stuff, too. So we're here to normalize all you adulting Disney files and have a few adult beverages while we're at it. And now that that's out of the way, let's find out what we're going to be talking about. Step right up to the way back machine as we take a future from the minds of the Imagineers of the 70s, where robot butlers serve you martinis while vacuuming your shag carpet, a future where father-in-laws would still be unimpressed by your boyfriend's work as an oceanographic mechanic. That's right, all you masketeers. We're doing the grand poobah of all defunct rides, the Mac Daddy of Choose Your Own Adventures, the monolith of Mesa Verde, a place where we learn Jules Verne may have gotten intimate with a chicken on the way to the moon and that kids are still annoying in zero gravity. Today, we're taking a ride on the long-lost horizons. Are you ready for this? All right, let's get some drinks and some facts, and we're going to be right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little mix up, bringing in some Tomorrow's Child. Hi, Adrian. Hi, Ryan. If you could just hold on one second, I've got to get my robot butler to stop vacuuming. Excuse me, Alfred. Stop. <laughs> okay. Even in the future, butlers are named Alfred. Of course. In case, of course. In case you want to know. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Of course, there's got to be a Batman in the future as well, right? Of course. Yeah, How are we going to save Gotham? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's no butlers named like Dave. No, you know, no. It's like it's either Alfred or Andrew. Oh yeah, Andrew. Yeah, <laughs> your name's Andrew. Butler. Jeeves, I think Jeeves is a good butler's name. Today we have a special guest with us to figure out all the ins and outs of this defunct classic. The host of the Theme Park Portal podcast and the editor of ThemeParkPortal.com. And most importantly, a big fan of all things theme park. Today we are joined by Luke Dunsmore. Hi, Luke. Hi, guys. How are you? Great, great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, so I got loads of questions for you. Um, uh, First of all, how are you dealing with Prince Philip's death? It's a good point. Oh, wh- oh wow. That's, that is, a, that is a, a barrel of snakes. I mean, I, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, the, I mean, the guy was nearly 100, so it's, it wasn't unexpected. I know, so young. Um, that sucks. I know, whole life, whole life ahead of him. But, um, ahead of him. Taken way before yeah, his time. <laughs> yeah, it's just well. So the majority of people in the UK, like they're just like, well, you know, it's just, that's really sad. But there's, there's just a, a, a subset of people that are like, oh, the guy was awful, and like, and it's like, guys, the guy's dead. Like, you know, like give him some peace for at least a day <laughs> before you right. start with the. So, so that's that's been a bit ugly over here. But um, oh. yeah, other than that, it's just one of those things. My uh, my roommate's family is uh, is from Britain and uh, and from London, and so she like I asked her yesterday, and she was like, "It's it's kind of conflicting." She's like, "I shed a tear, but he said some pretty shitty things over the years." So, yeah, I think he, he, he was like he was like the elderly racist that every every family has got, but you still love them. Yeah, anyway, exactly. Just, you know, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and and you didn't ask us how we're dealing with DMX's death, but that's fine. We're okay. We're all right. Um, Speak for yourself. I barely I got out of bed today. I the Rough Riders anthem this morning, and I cried the whole time. Yeah. So, okay. so, so the only reason I didn't I didn't ask is that I don't know who that is. So, <laughs> so there we go. Well, he's American royalty, Luke. Yeah. Well, right. X X gonna give it to you. Uh, oh, that guy. Really? Oh, right. I didn't know. He, yeah. Oh, yeah. He just recently. Y'all passed. gonna make me lose my mind up in here? Up in here? I mean, come on. All right, let's get back to back theme parks. To let's get back to theme parks. <laughs> <laughs> um, the D in DMX stands for Disney, so just so you know. 
Um, and the M is yeah. for magic, and the X is for Xavier Extensio. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, so Luke, like let's uh, let's let's get a little history behind this. So, when did you become a fan of theme parks of Disney? And was Disney your first theme park that you fell in love with? What's uh, what's your history a little bit? Yeah, so um, yeah, so as for as long as I can remember is, is the answer to, to that question. Um, so yeah, so I, I visited uh, Walt Disney World when I was really young, about five, and then we went back every couple of years after that. Um, so yeah, it's been a big part of my life. So that's that's where the love of it comes from. And the first ride I ever remember going on though as a kid was Confrontation at Universal Orlando. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't actually. Was actually a Disney ride by first theme park memory, but um, what an amazing yeah, so, ride that was! We'll we'll definitely oh, have to do that defunct uh, version, that defunct yeah. ride at some point. It that is like Universal's version of this, like the most you know yeah. beloved ride that is no longer with us that people like look back at with like such fond memories. Um, so we, um, what else do we want to know? Uh, we want to like. All right, so everybody can tell from the way that you sound that you're not from this side of the pond, and and so you know, tell what, us about Russia. What, what <laughs> what's it like having like a fandom of of like mostly like American parks from afar? I mean, you guys have uh, Disneyland Paris, which I'm sure you've been to, and yeah. uh, you know, I'm sure you go to Shanghai every weekend. But oh yeah, well, what, you know. Just down the road. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But like, but what uh, you know? I mean, and and the UK has some pretty amazing theme parks. You guys are are theme park lovers. Um, you have Alton Towers, and you have um, uh, uh, Blackpool, and you know, like there's like some pretty cool uh, theme parks over there. Um, yeah, Hogwarts. Yeah, you you can just yeah. pop over to Hogwarts whenever you want. Um, <laughs> but what's it like having like a fandom? You know, like like a fervent fandom because obviously you know you you run a site. And you do a podcast like us. Like, what's it like doing that from afar? Um, so it can be. I mean, it, it can be quite challenging. I'll be honest, because um, obviously we don't. So there are quite a lot of sites out there that have like regular access to the parts, which which we don't have. But to be fair, I mean, we don't we don't try and compete with those sites. To be honest, I mean, they do amazing news updates and stuff like that, which we can't offer. So we don't try, if that makes sense. But we do we do have a contributor out in California now that works with us that um, works for one of the area theme parks and then does some updates for us about Disneyland and can send through some photos and stuff like that for us. So we're working with um, a guy out there at the moment. Um, we just, we, we, yeah, so the, um, it's myself and um, a guy called Phil uh, that, that kind of work with it and then Aaron who's based out in California. Um, so we, we just do it because we love it. We're not chasing, you know, views or anything like that. We just do it because we enjoy doing it. So Yeah, that's um, like us. It would, yeah, exactly. And it, it, so it, don't get me wrong, it would be a lot easier if I lived in Orlando, but um, <laughs> I don't. So, yeah, we just we just make do with what we've got, to be honest. Absolutely. So what's the what's the tea of how do you guys all know? What's the English breakfast tea of how you guys all know each other? Um, like, you know, how do you guys all become Disney friends? Uh, yeah, so well, so Phil is my partner, so that helps. Um, oh. so, yeah, so so that, that that was quite straightforward. Um, and then um, yeah, Aaron was uh, someone that I kind of uh, had spoken to a few times, and then he was a fan of our site as well. So just said, would you know, are you looking for kind of contributors? We said, yeah, by all means, and then he can you know contributes that way. So that's the way that, that we did it. And your um, site's your site's is, wonderful. It's like it's super professional really looking is. and like and oh, and like I, I go there on the regular now to like get my information. Because it's a pretty new site. It's only been up for uh what like a like a year or so, right? Uh yeah uh, so we we began at the start of December actually of last year. So we're still about five months. Not five even months old. That's but, incredible. Yeah. You guys really, uh, it's it's really really good looking, and the information is super solid. It seems like you guys put a, a lot of work behind it, and I totally recommend all of our all of our listeners to go check it out. Yeah, it's so well Thank curated, you. and like things that I didn't even know I wanted to know. <laughs> are on there. Like I was like, Oh, I didn't even know what this was. And now I know something about it. That's super cool. Yeah. It's well, so, so to be fair, I mean, not to get super technical cause I'm, I'm more on the kind of web building side of it. Like the, the backend guy with the, with the wrench and the back of the website, making things work. But, um, 
our our bounce rate is really low, which is what I was most concerned about. So, um, and I don't know how fair you guys are, but basically the, the majority of people come onto our website don't just look at the one page that they're looking at. They'll go and find something else. So that's it's really nice to know that we're writing stuff that people look at and think, oh, what's that? And then click on it. So we're, we're really happy with where that's up to. So that's good. Yeah, totally. totally. I mean, Congrats. yeah, absolutely. And it's about to be a whole, or at least your podcast is about to be a whole lot cooler because me and Adrian are about to be on it, and I'm super exactly, excited about exactly. that. Yeah, um, but the podcast <laughs> exactly. has been really great. You got you have had super interesting guests. Um, you guys just did uh, a, a, a cast on the Beastly Kingdom, uh, which was very interesting. You did one on uh, on like a uh, the Epcot. What's the Epcot one now? Let's get back on topic. I guess what, what the, you guys had like somebody on that did like an Epcot like virtual virtual like world. Yeah, it's, so it's it's awesome. If you've not checked it out yet, definitely do. So there's a guy in Australia um, uh, called Sean who has built a, a a game, but more of a simulation of um, Epcot, which is called Futureport 82, and it's Epcot's future world on, on opening day. Um, wow. it's, it's amazing. Um, and then folded into that, there's a guy who runs a site called Martin's Vids. I don't know if you've come across that before, but... He collects, and he actually he lives in, he lives in Manchester, the same city as me. He lives uh, not far from me, actually. But he kind of collects old videos, so stuff like Horizons ride throughs and the original Spaceship Earth narration and all that kind of stuff. Um, so a lot of that's folded into it as well. So it's definitely worth taking a look at. Incredible. Um, if you guys have got some fun. Um, so yeah. I wonder if that if his uh, if his Epcot Futureport eighty two has horizons in it because horizons actually didn't show up until eighty three, and so I think yeah. I think yeah. uh, all right. So first off, this uh, as everybody knows, it's a drinking show game show. So first off, we need some drinks uh, today. We're gonna finally, be, Ryan. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> well, we had to get through some business first, you know. Yeah, Now that the Enough business is loot. done, the drinking can begin. All right, so uh, today we're going to be binging like all proud future collegiates do by giving it up to our community's alma mater, the University of Mesa Verde, with a Mesa Verdita cocktail. Uh, this is courtesy of rickbayless.com, and what you're going to need to do this is uh, two ounces of tequila. Um, you can use Blanco, you can use Mezcal, you could use, uh, Jose Cuervo. It doesn't really matter. Uh, this is also great with, uh, with a, like a light rum. Um, you're going to pour that over a Verdita base. Now, you know me, Adrian, I, I sometimes go a little overboard with these cocktails. This is one of those cocktails. However, it is also one of my favorite cocktails that I've ever created. Um, I've been drinking it for years, actually. And, uh, oh. and a Verdita base is like, uh, like a juice base that you can make and just like keep in your fridge and you can add it. You can just like drink it in the morning. It's super awesome and refreshing. You can also just like pour it over booze and it's even better. So, uh, to make this base, you're going to, uh, use uh, a cup of pineapple juice and then you're going to blend that with, uh, cilantro leaves, mint leaves, uh, some lime and, uh, and two cut up jalapenos. So it's like it's got spicy and it's got sweet and minty. It's it's so it's so, so, so good. Uh, and then you're going to like strain that into, you know, whatever jar you're going to or, or, you know, ball jar or whatever that you're going to keep it in your fridge with. Um, and then you just pour that with with whatever booze you're drinking or use it as like a, a shot backer. It's a it's spectacular. It's so, so, so good. Um, so you've got. Now you've got your Mesa Verdita. You know, just mix those two up, shake it in a shaker, pour it over ice. Uh, it is so delicious. I'm drinking it right now. I'm drinking right, it out of it. my, out of my original old school Epcot mug. And I'm drinking <laughs> out of my new old school Disney World mug. Hell and yeah! You know that the way to my heart and to probably the back of a police car is tequila. <laughs> oh and yeah. So. This is my kind of drink. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm going to be dancing on the ceiling in a minute. Absolutely. <laughs> Lionel Richieing it up. Yeah. Luke, what uh, you can I, guys, can I just give a shout out, guys? So my, my mug arrived this morning. Yes. Uh, Being part fan of the musical mug, which is not directly related to Epcot, but it is related to people like us who do theme park podcasts. So if you're not yeah. that out, I would definitely take a look. But, um, oh, cool. That, that, that arrived just in time this morning, so that was good. Theme Park the Musical. Yeah, Theme Park the Musical has taken the UK by storm. So uh, it's a guy called Nick who writes Theme Park music. So like the new crop drop ride at Chessington, he wrote the music for it. He 
pulled a lot of people together and have created a musical for Feet Part fans. So that's um, it's fantastic. on YouTube, but definitely, yeah, pick a look. It's like the only musical I want to see. Absolutely. Yeah. We're going to have to check that out for sure, for sure. Um, all right, cool. So we've got our sweet, sweet mugs. We got our Mesa Verdita. All right. Let's get into Cheers. this nostalgic beast, okay? All right. This ride is called Horizons. It was in the future world east space that is currently occupied by Mission Space. Uh, it opened in October 1st, 1983. Like all good things, Disney, October 1st is the magic date. I think we're going to have to take a sip to October 1st. Yeah, I mean, uh, October 1st, man. If there was no October 1st, we'd have nothing. For real. They're still holding on to it. They, uh, uh, the new Ratatouille ride is going to open October 1st of this year. It's like they're still holding on to this date, this magic date of theirs. I Which love it. I think it's like that it's it's slow enough where like they need the bump of like a new attraction, but it's also mm. like not in like February. It's not in like the dead month where like people right. are not gonna show up. Right. So they get like, you know, it's it's like a little bit after school has started, so like, you know, like parents will take their kids out of school and bring right. them down. Yeah. Like so. if Disney was in a beauty pageant and they asked what their perfect date to describe their perfect date, they would say October first. Yes. <laughs> October 1st wins, wins Miss Congeniality. Yeah. <laughs> That's for the Miss Congeniality fans out there. Exactly, exactly. Um, so uh, Horizons opened one year after Epcot Center opened, as we just said, uh, and it closed for good on January 9th, 1999, which was 15 years, uh, 15 years later. So not nearly enough. We didn't get nearly enough time with this ride. It's already been closed much longer than it was open. It's been closed for uh, over 20 years. So, um, so we're gonna we're gonna get all into it. Uh, this was a massive dark ride, taking you on a vision quest of the next steps of humanity using modern and future technologies on the land, under the sea, and out amongst the stars. Um, okay, so this is a bit challenging. I don't want to get all gummed up in this ride because it's massive and super detailed, and we would all be here for four hours uh, if if I was going to get all up into this. So I'm just going to do a quick rundown of the ride experience. Um, and I highly recommend that you all do yourselves a favor at home and watch the ride through video of this ride that was done by Lake Buena Vista, uh, historical society. It's called horizons revisited AI enhanced HD wide angle ride through. It's a shitty name. It's an amazing video. Uh, so it's on YouTube and this thing has like, it's got amazing video quality, sound quality, um, which is super hard to find from, you know, these rides from the nineties, these, uh, ride throughs. Uh, and this thing has all three endings. Um, so, you know, it's got everything that you need to like fully, you know, understand what this ride was. Um, and you know, just be warned it's, it's, it's long. It's like 25 minutes long with all, <laughs> with all three endings. So, you know, Wow, Set like that just your... shows how our attention spans have changed in this world. They were like, it's long. It's 25 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You might not make it. You might get not make snacks, it. <laughs> get, get water. Pack a bag. Get for a while. Yeah. <laughs> get ready. You know, just like, just, you know, get your Saturday. You know, this is going to take you all Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Pack a day bag. Um <laughs> But I mean, like, but it proves that, like, at one time, Disney made rides that were longer than the wait for the ride. You know, I mean, like, right. Can you imagine that? Yeah, I can't. Not anymore. Uh, and they had names of rides that didn't, you know, like, take an hour to say. Oh, can you imagine Horizon. what this ride's name would be today? Oh, it would be like Horizon Over the Future and Under the Water and Above the so Stars. Colon. <laughs> By Siemens. <laughs> True. <laughs> Uh, all right, so so back to the ride. Um, you start by boarding a sideways-facing Omnimover, um, and you move towards the first section of the ride, which is called Looking Back at Tomorrow, where we see a future from the minds of the past. Uh, this includes, like, Jules Verne uh, riding a rocket ship to the moon, uh, Victorian flying machines, retrofuturism with all this, like, neon black light. Uh, and then the vehicle goes past two uh, giant Omnimax screens, um, this was the first time that Omnimax was ever used in a theme park. So they're like these two massive screens that were the, the precursor to uh, like the IMAX screens that we used to, that we, you know, are very familiar with today. Uh, and those screens are showing crystals and circuits and DNA strands, all this groundbreaking technology of the time, uh, that is going to be used to make humanity's future. So 
you know, this is like kind of a, an interesting, you know, way to open a show. Cause you're like, you're saying, you know, we, we know what the past is or what the idea of the future from the past is. Uh, and now we're going to show you like what the real version is, but it's, it's really just the same shit again. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's just like someone really, doing it again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, but they were like, we're right. Cause we're, you know, late seventies Imagineers, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah. So like, I, I don't know, like, Retro futurism is the best. Oh, I'm so into it. I'm so, so I'm so into, into retro retro futurism. It's so funny, and there's always like a flying machine. Oh yeah, but <laughs> it's like, but it's a flying machine that's like activated by pedals. Yeah, it's made of cloth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it looks like a bird. It's a it's the best, and you have to put on fun goggles to go on it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, so the next phase of the ride, we go and see the visions of futuristic life of the 21st century through animatronic vignettes of the city, uh, the desert at Mesa Verde, uh, life under the sea at Sea Castle Research Base, and the space colony of Brava Centauri. Uh, I love this section so fucking much. <laughs> it's got yeah. like it's so detailed. It's got it's got all the animatronics. Uh, 54 animatronics in this ride. Okay. That's yeah. a number. That is a number. Um, yeah. the, the amazing thing though about this ride is the, it's, it's all on levels. So the, you know, you go, you, you'll see two floors, you know, and obviously they do a lot of, with uh, force perspective and all that kind of thing. But it is, and a lot of it was built so that you only catch a glimpse of things. The, the detail in it is just frightening. Like you never, we will never see that again because it would just be ridiculously expensive. But I don't know what you guys think. But it's I'm like, how do they afford to do this yeah. ride? <laughs> you can't tell me that we can't that we can't do it now, though. I mean, like, like we've you know we've seen uh, Rise of the Resistance. You know, like we've see, like like they could do something and like take out a little bit of the technology. You know, like it doesn't have to have like that technological forwardness and give us like I want we'll get into it like a little bit later. But like there needs to be something like this in the park tomorrow, you know, like like they're redoing Epcot and they don't have anything inspirational for our future. It's, it's fucking sad. Tomorrow's um, child doesn't exist. Tomorrow's a, child is is like a sulky teenager today. It's a small <laughs> cooking rat named Remy. <laughs> uh so the final section of the ride, each guest on the ride vehicle gets to pick uh, via like pu button pushing uh, which vision that they want to see more of through a 30 second video sequence. Uh, the film chosen would be like by majority wins in the vehicle and it would be uh, projected from on top of each Omni mover. So like each car got its own, you know, got to choose its own adventure, um, which is really like, you know, dope. Really dope, like and and kind of like the first time that that this interactivity had ever been done in theme parks before. Yeah, in I love it. Yeah, it I want to always really choose cool. my own adventure. Every because it's theater, every experience is different. Yeah, and you have something to look forward to. Be like, you know what? I haven't I haven't chosen the underworld adventure. I'm gonna do that next time. Absolutely. So, uh, uh, have have you guys both been on this ride? Yes. Yeah, so so yes, but I don't remember it because I was, I was quite young. Sure, sure, I don't sure. I remember. I, I I wasn't quite young. I mean, I was young, but not quite young. But I don't. I didn't remember it as well as Ryan did. I mean yeah. this this was my this was my jam for sure. This was my must must see TV of uh of Disney. So like every every time we were there, you know, for the first uh eight, eight years of my life or so. Uh, nine years of my life that that was uh you know like i was seeing this um and under the sea was definitely my favorite and i would like kind of force whoever in my car was to push under the sea because they were all like I don't, <laughs> I don't really care and i'm like we're going back under the sea um even Peter though that Crusher. was like that now looking back at it like that's one of the weaker videos so yeah yeah i mean i love how they thought the the under the sea was going to be such like a big thing in the future. And it's like, they totally did not know what was going to happen to the ice caps. Like they had, they weren't thinking about the polar bears. They At all. No, <laughs> they, no. Yeah. We're like, yeah, we're going to have cities under the sea. Like, no, we have garbage in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so all right so let's let's get into some you know some like kind of uh, so that's that's the ride via, that's the ride through and then you you know you you leave and you go by this amazing mural of uh, of the future and uh and then you you know you go off into into future world and uh at that point you would be in between uh the metlife pavilion which had body tour body wars in it and you had uh um old school uh old school world of motion so this is like pre, this is pre test track so essentially like once te- test track had like a lot of problems opening up and once test track was like fully opened up that's when they shut this guy down because oh. they, they like didn't need it anymore for like that side of the park um so this uh the ride was created by imagineer george mcginnis cheers to the imagineers cheers george he was the last imagineer hired by walt himself so that's pretty awesome uh and this dude worked on space mountain the carousel progress the people mover the monorail this dude like had the future of humanity like in mind that's that's that was this dude's role only four rides sounds kind of lazy to me. No, 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 a bunch of stuff, but those are <laughs> those are the hits. Kidding. Those are the hits. <laughs> um, he so speaking of the pair of the Carousel of Progress, Horizons is the sequel to the Carousel of Progress. Um, it's what happens to that family in the third century. Um, this see can, here, I thought the sequel was a Christmas story. But <laughs> it's not. It was, it was not the. I mean, like I think that was like like the midsection that you just lost in the oh, Carousel okay. of Progress. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that was between the the sixties and uh, and modern day or whatever. Right. Uh, but this was supposed to be like what happens in like the next century. Uh, it's got the same voiceover character um, for, of John, uh, who plays like the husband in this, the grandfather in this. So apparently, he ages very well. He's on that yeah. Prince Philip diet. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and, uh, they even play uh, great big, beautiful tomorrow, um, during the first, like kind of like the first section where you have the robot Butler and everything. And speaking of that, I don't know if it's going on in, in the UK, Luke, but right now the Disney commercials in America play great big, beautiful tomorrow. And I am here for it. Uh, no way. <laughs> That's awesome. We know we don't get, we don't get, we get, we, I think the Disney adverts in the UK have had the same song for the last 30 years, I think. So it's like, it's very, don't get me wrong, it's very magical, but we, we're ready for something else now. So yeah, yeah. they're playing it. Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow right now, and I'm like, oh yeah, they're talking to us, the fans. Yeah, well, Disney needs a, a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow after after this past year, so mm. I, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm with them, I'm with them. Um so, uh, you know, we said that this is supposed to be like the third century for that family that it was go through. And it was actually originally named uh, Century Three. And then people like the Imagineers or, or the Big Wigs or whatever were like, that's confusing as shit. Uh, uh, let's call it Future Probe. And then people were oh. like, uh, no, that's just like alien butt stuff. So, like, let's not, let's not call it Future Probe. <laughs> so, uh, well, Century Three was just like alienating everyone that wasn't American. Because, like, it was just America that was in Century 3. Exactly, so exactly. So they were like, we can't do that because, like, people are going to be like, why am I coming here? That's totally right? That's totally what it was. That's totally what it was. <laughs> uh, and uh, and so, yeah, so they chose Horizons to, to be the name finally, which I think is a, a phenomenal name for a ride like this. It's, like, just amorphous enough where you're like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But, but it anything. is. It's what's on the horizon. It's amazing. Uh, and... <laughs> And so uh, this the ride was originally sponsored by GE General Electric, and uh, they were also the sponsor of Carousel of Progress. So it's kind of like full full circle in the family, and it came to about seventy four million dollars in nineteen eighty one, which is you know quite quite a sum. And they actually that seventy four was cut down by ten million uh, worth of budgeting during the design during the design phase. So it I mean, was, how much longer was this thing going to be? Well, we'll get we'll get into it, but but pretty long, yeah. Like they cut out a lot with that ten million. That ten million was going to buy them uh, like a lot of thing. So I don't know what the they ride cut out. was going to be that half day park the whole ride. Yeah, really. It, I think it, it. I think in all honesty, it would have been very similar to in length and and probably in experience to um uh the uh to the energy pavilion. So like a half okay. an hour, like a half yeah. an hour ride. 
um, yeah. which is is pretty crazy. Uh, but that's when a ride just becomes a hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a nap time. That turns into nap time for sure. Um, so, uh, so why why do we not have it anymore? Um, there's a couple there's a couple of reasons that they had to tear this down, um, and and it kind they kind of all like work with one another. So, uh, as I said, it was sponsored by GE and uh, Epcot sponsorship contracts run on a ten year cycle, and and they do that so that the new sponsorship will help to upgrade and, and make sure that the rides are always fresh. This is supposed to be the future world. So like, you know, you don't want things to become dated like they were dealing with in tomorrow. Uh, you know, Tomorrowland is, is always, uh, it's always being dated, right? Like that's the big thing that people say about that, that area of the park is that like, well, it's not Tomorrowland anymore. It's like yesterday world. So, yeah. Eventually tomorrow comes. Exactly. So, so yeah. With Epcot's contract, uh, they were trying to make it so that like that wasn't the issue. Like you know that this was always going to be future thinking, and uh, they would get, you know, the sponsorships would be renewed, and and the rides would be upgraded every ten years or so. Um, and so at the end of the first ten year cycle in 1993, GE decided to uh, to drop their sponsorship, and everybody says bye bye GE. Uh, after they pulled out, then the ride like kind of flip flopped between being active and not for the next six years or so. Um, this was like because of like park capacity requirements. I think it was kind of expensive to run uh, run the the attraction. So you know they would sometimes like keep it closed for like years at a time. Um, and during that time period, because it was being left to kind of just dilapidate on its own, the ride kind of started like rotting from the inside out. Uh, without the sponsorship capital in order to keep up the maintenance, the building started to. Uh, to to deteriorate and to make matters worse uh, a large florida sinkhole developed under the foundation at the back left corner of the building making it structurally unsound and unsafe so they kind of had no choice but to tear it down i mean i don't remember much ryan but i do remember this being one of those rides that was constantly stalling and breaking down like you i remember you'd be on this ride and it would stop yeah constantly <laughs> like it it did have sort of technical difficulties a lot yeah which is similar to rise of the resistance right now where it's like these these super involved expensive rides have a lot of connectivity issues yeah and omni movers in general you know like they tend to to like stop if there's like uh if it's almost like a chairlift, right? So, like, if there's anybody that, like, is, like, mobility disabled or anything right. like that, like, they also slow down and stop for that. Uh, I, I think of this ride, like, I think that listeners should think of this ride very much like Spaceship Earth. You know, it's kind of like the same scale, the same grandeur, and this, you know, a, a very similar ride system. So, you know, it's still an Omnimover, and, and that's kind of, you know, how it works. You know, they, they do, like, your ride experience most likely will have, like, a little bit of, like, a stop-and-go to it you know what mitigates that very well now the skyliner Mm. because they actually for they have a a separate um system for when they have to you know have mobility you know people um that have mobility issues they have to come on it doesn't stop the entire skyliner it goes into a different oh cool it bored like they bored it separately and then put it in to the system yeah it like it it gets in line to go next into the onto the sky. It's pretty cool to watch. Interesting. That is cool. Yeah. Um, bear, bear in mind that, that extra 10 million, they were, they were probably spent 10 million putting something like that. <laughs> something like that. Right. So we might have oh. got even 10 million more or less. For sure. For <laughs> sure. For sure. Good point. Um, so, you know, we kind of gone through like our, our, you know, our thoughts and memories about this a little bit. Like, do you guys have any like specific memories about this ride that you, that you want to talk about? I think for me, it was it, I, so I remember it. It was one of those I remember it very vaguely. But you might go bear in mind, I was five years old when this ride closed, and like you say, Ryan, it was uh, the opening of it was patchy anyway. Going up, I do I do remember being on it. I just don't remember it that strongly. It, I can say the the bit I do remember is the as as you come round to the Brava Centauri space station and you see that for the first time. I remember the music, and that music has always stayed with me. So that's that's the strongest memory that I've got. Sure. Yeah, I I agree. I I don't. It's vague. Like watching the ride through that that Ryan suggested everyone watch the beginning. Like it all kind of flushed back, and I was like, oh okay, 
I, I just remember the butler, the, the, the robot <laughs> butler, right? and just believing that in my future that I was going to have my own Rosie running around the house. Absolutely. <laughs> and he totally and had like Rosie wait. vibes, right? He was totally Rosie from yeah, the totally Jetsons Rosie. vibe. Totally. The head. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you him and Rosie would have got it on. Oh, they banged. Robot they banged love. Sure. They like yeah. they literally banged like clank clank. <laughs> that is that might be where the term comes from. Maybe is from robot fucking. Um <laughs> I you know that robot was like on you know on the Disney Hotel channel like like where you yeah. know like like always you would always see that robot I think he he like but I, I but you also like didn't know where he, he was there. from because because you know like that's the only scene in this ride that's like kind of jokey you know it's got like sure. it's got like this like weird robot in the uh, in the kitchen that's making a mess like while trying to cook and it's got like uh, it's got a lady upstairs taking a bath like out in the open the barber the barber is jokey too yeah yeah that's true that's yeah. true like that that to me always weirded me out i'm like i don't want to eventually like just have to sit in a chair and some robot decides what my hair is gonna look like like <laughs> i i want to do it myself <laughs> um all right so what do you guys think you want to you want to drink this ride yeah i'm i gotta stop flirting with you beach boys and start drinking this ride damn straight <laughs> something got the beach boys on there. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's drink that ride been by myself i've been vibing i've been happy i've been lonely i've been crying people sick people dying Yeah, yeah. We gonna a little play. tribute to not DMX. Exactly, exactly. Sorry, <laughs> X X ain't gonna give it to you. Uh, <laughs> so we're gonna play drink that ride. Uh, this is a drink the difference game where we're going to rank the ride on a series of different categories and take a drink after each one. The shittier that the ride is, the drunker you're gonna get. Unfortunately for you, this ride is pretty dope. Um, so the way it works is that if the category is out of five and you rank it a three, then you're going to take two sips, two chugs, two shots, two gargles, two nips, uh, two slurps, whatever you got to do, make it two. Two spots, of, two spots of tea, Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah. you got to do. Yeah, yeah. If you don't want to keep, if you don't want to do it alcoholic, you don't have to. We're not, we're not going to judge. Um, uh, uh, Ryan, let me stop you there. So, I, so the, that very nice cocktail has, has been finished now and was, and I'll be. Com- com- Full disclosure was pretty much finished by the time we joined this. Uh, this so right. I've got. So I'm going to go to the next best thing, which is Mesa Verde Bud Light. And, uh, uh, let, me just, uh, let me just pour it in. Get ready. That's yeah, fine. absolutely. So yeah, pour it in. Pour it in. Love uh, it. I, I think the I'll do Bud a refill. Light. I'll do a refill myself. All right. Bud Light, you're more American than us. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, okay, so we have uh, we have five categories. We have the queue, which is worth five points. Length of ride, which is worth five points. Thrill level, five points. The immersion, which includes the sights, the sounds, the ride vehicle. That's all worth ten points. And then our our sleeper cell, the dark horse category, the fun category. In uh, in our defunct rides, it's like a fun slash nostalgia level category. Uh, that's worth twenty five points. That's the big the big. Uh, the big winner. Uh, so we start at the start, and that's the queue. Um, this queue is uh, it's it's okay. You know, there's some pretty amazing murals by artist Robert McCall. They're called the Prologue and the Promise, uh, as well as a quote: uh, "If we can dream it, then we can do it," which uh, is often attributed to Walt himself. However, it was actually never actually said by Walt himself. It was actually coined by Imagineer Tom Fitzgerald. Uh, so cheers to Are you, you Tom. Are you ruin my life? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Give it up to Tommy boy. I always say, I write that and then I write dash Walt Disney and now what? Just write, what, what you need to do is you gotta write, you gotta write Tom Fitzgerald instead. <gasps> yeah, that's right. I'm wearing the shirt. Oh my God, guys. I mean, that is so meta. That is so meta. Yeah. Considering that we're it. not, we are, considering that we're not visually recording this, it's too meta. <laughs> oh my God. It's literally on his shirt. Yep. Okay. Then it's real. Yeah, totally. So, uh, so Tom Fitzgerald is, is now the senior creative executive of Imagineering. So he's, he's stuck with Imagineering for quite some time. Um, and he got his start on this, right? He started in 79. So like, you know, a year or a year or two later, he's working on this ride. 
Um, he also did Tower of Terror, Star Tours. Yeah, dude's dude's awesome. Tom Fitzgerald's one of my heroes. He's a he's a great Imagineer. So cheers to you, Tom. Tommy Fitz. Uh, otherwise, I don't know. The queue is like futuristic. It's angular and neon. It's kind of like it's kind of similar to like Space Mountain in its vibe, uh, like to that queue. Mm. I don't know. What do you guys think? I'll let, uh, I'll let uh, our guests go first. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I've got, I'm going to be honest. It does nothing for me. This queue at all. I I find it a bit bland. Okay. Um, so yeah. So I get I get what you're saying, Ryan, and the the beautiful quote on the walls and all this. But it felt like a means to an end. This queue for me. It wasn't a yeah, it's it's, bit, it's very tough to it's very tough to hold it up to modern standards for sure. It does oh, not, true, it, it does yeah. not hold yeah. up very well to like you know what we're doing in our queues today with like you know Rise of the Resistance with three pre shows and like you know Living <laughs> Rock. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I no, think your five year old self sounds kind of judgy, Luke. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, well, trust me, he was. So that's why. I'm <laughs> um, so, but no, but I mean, even even I, I don't know. I just I don't. I'd, for me, it felt like an afterthought for this ride. Sure. I don't know. So, popular opinion. So, what do you think? Out of five points, what would you give it? Um, two. Two. All right, you're gonna be drinking now, Luke. You got three sips to drink. Take three sips. I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a three. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one above Luke. But I agree. It's you know. It's definitely not the best that there has been or even was at that point. Adrian, what do you? Yeah. What do you got? I am gonna do something that I've never done on this show. We've been doing the show for over a year. We when we're talking about the queue, we don't really mention the exit queue. Mm-hmm. And that fucking mural at the exit is where is it now it is the dopest future mural in like it, it kills the spaceship earth one so that's that's that robert mccall one the the prologue and the promise uh the the queue's getting a four from me just because of just because of that yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i want that plastered around my house i i want Other, it to i want it to if it was a shirt i'd have it on ryan and i'd be meta <laughs> that's how much I like that. Yeah. All right, so Adrian, did you, Adrian, sorry, did you did you not find that mural at the Lakeland Flea Market with the with the Snow Whites enchanted ride vehicle? Was it not in the sat in there and uh, leaning against the wall? Did you not uh, pick that up as well? <laughs> no, yeah, that's great too. Um, I like all Disney murals that are very Disney. So yeah, um, but it, it would be amazing have, if Lakeland had it. Yeah, ten yeah. ten grand and thirty feet of wall to put it on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'll take a four. So I'll drink one. Ryan, you drink one. Drink, I've drink. I've I've done uh, I've drunk my two, and Luke's got his three. Uh, next up is the length of ride. This is worth five points. Uh, the ride itself is nearly fifteen minutes, which is a pretty great length. I think uh, it was cut by thirty five percent by that when they cut that ten million that we talked about earlier. They cut thirty five percent of the ride in design. Uh, so it would have been nearly 600 feet longer and I kind of did like some like back of the napkin math and, and that would be like an additional five plus minutes, like five and a half minutes. Um, I have no idea what was left on the cutting room floor. Like I have not been able to find that information. If you at home have found that information, let me know. I want that info. Um, I think it's, I think Jules Verne dies. Yeah, probably. And that, yeah. And then at Brava Centauri, they eat his body because you know, right. they're in space. They need, they needed the protein. And then Tom Fitzgerald slices Walt Disney's neck and says, I made the quote, bitch. It's got a very interesting ending. <laughs> yeah, it's like the real ending for the safari at Animal Kingdom. It's very dark. <laughs> uh, so I think, I mean, this, this, and this, this, I think this length is perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Five. Yeah, yeah I love myself a 15 minute ride. I love myself a 15 minute show. I love everything in 15 minutes or less. Everything. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> robot Cheers. robot clanking to the Imagineers. <laughs> if you can imagine robot clanking at three o'clock in the morning in the in the cupboard. Oh, the clock, oh. you know, I mean, you would you would want that to be fifteen minutes or less. So <laughs> emphasis on the less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what my, are you guys giving it? 
Are we fives around the board? I th- I'm 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 like a four point five, and Ty goes to the ride, so I'm going up to a five. Luke's same. All right, so uh, yeah. in in this case, we all we all take a sip <laughs> as a, a cheers to the Imagineers for a job well done. That's fives around the yeah. board, guys. Fives that's, around the boards huge. is pretty serious. Cheers. Unfortunately, it will not last because no. next up is the thrill level. This is out of five points. <laughs> and unless you're thrilled by the thrill of inspiration itself, this ride's not overly thrilling. There's not very much, uh, no speed, no drops, no no real thrills and spills. Uh, you're, not, you're not scared at the idea of living underwater for the rest of your life? No, I love that idea. That was my, that's my jam. I'm oh, into that. No. Well, oh, to be, to be fair, though, so... The, the thrill of what is Jules Verne going to do with that chicken? You that's know quite, it. That's quite good. And that, and that opens the ride. So, I mean, you know, you're, you're off to a good start there. And then we'll see, you know, it goes downhill. But, <laughs> in terms of thrill. There's, there's two reasons that that chicken would have been put in that cockpit to, on, a, on a single man's <laughs> journey to the moon. And one of them was to eat that chicken. I'll let you decide what the other one was. <laughs> To cross Can I just room? be a, well, yeah, exactly. Could I just be a serious Disney geek for a minute though? Yeah, and yeah. Just give a shout out to Jules Verne because I know the so I know the Imagineers love Jules Verne, um, and discover so Discoveryland at Disneyland Paris is completely Jules Verne inspired, um, and then they had they had plans to do some stuff at Disneyland with Jules Verne, which uh, Discovery Bay, which which never got built. Yeah, but, it would have been amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's nice that they got managed to get some Jules Verne into Horizons because they they tried to cram him in everywhere they could and often didn't succeed. So at least they got some Horizons shout out. I, I agree. I agree. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I'm I'm thrill level. I'm I'm going with a two. It's not it's not thrilling. Might even be. I'm a, also going with a two. Yeah, it might even be a one, but yeah, but it I'll can't be. It. <laughs> Two's across the board. All right. So we all drink three. Glug, glug, glug. I was going to drink three anyway, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're drinking Bud Light. I mean, that that's one sip. <laughs> okay, the following is uh, the immersion. This includes the sights, the sounds, the ride vehicle. Uh, this ride is super detailed. It's one of the first times that we got Smell-O-Vision. Uh, there, like we said before, there's 54 audio animatronics in it. It's got a choose your own adventure type simulator at the end. Uh, that was the predecessor for interactivity in all ride systems and theme parks. Uh, the, the Mesa Verde desert sequence during that final section was shot using like a miniature model. And it's still to this day, the longest continuous miniature shot ever made, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I think that this is super immersive. Uh, I'm I'm coming in and uh, I'm just going straight out with a ten. Every time you say Mesa Verde, I want salsa for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um, I'm I'm gonna give it a nine. All right. Okay. Um. So do you know the do you know the only thing I I wish it was just a little bit brighter. This ride, it's very mood, mood color, moody red, moody blue, and all that kind of stuff. So, I'm going to go for a nine as okay. well. Can I just, yeah. can, I, can I just say though as well? So the Mesa Verde uh, scene, which is one of the scenes that I mentioned earlier, where you just get a glimpse of it. But the massive robotic crop duster things. I don't, I don't know if you've seen I Am Mother on Netflix, but they copied that from Horizons. Definitely, they were massive robotic crop dusters and i was like oh my god that's horizon oh, so cool so yeah so it's got to be it's got to be a nine for you know the pop culture it lives on i, lo- so, I yeah, love exactly. that it lives on that's amazing you said it's on netflix yeah i am over yeah it's a sci-fi netflix, film the monopoly of everything just taking <laughs> over yeah okay so uh so that rounds up our our first four categories uh uh q length thrill and immersion uh, we had a total possible out of 25 points. Uh, so far, I've rated it 20 points. Adrian, you've also rated it 20 points. And Luke, you're coming down just a little bit lower at 18 points out of the 25. Uh, so right now, it's like 19 and a half-ish. Uh, it's got a score of like 19 and a half out of uh, 25. With the big dark horse category of fun slash nostalgia level uh, that we're going to do right now. 
for me, this is the bar that I hold all things against. Uh, every ride at any theme park, I'm kind of holding it up against this as far as dark rides go. Um, so I'm going to give it a 24. It's kind of like as perfect to me, like as perfect as it can be. Maybe there would be like, it would be fun if there was like some thrill to it, but I'm also cool with it just being like this edutainment dark ride where like, it's not supposed to be thrilling and that's, that's fine. You know, like spaceship earth is, um, yeah. So for me, I'm, I'm going to just lay it out on the line. I'm coming in at 24. Would you like to go next, Luke? No, go after you. Go on. Okay. Um, I have some thoughts on this category. Like, just like Luke earlier, I, it's not, it wasn't the freshest ride in my memory. So it's not a ride that I compare all rides to. However, watching it again made me so sad that it's not here because it's so amazing. And I just was like depressed after watching that ride through. Like, I, I need to go on this ride. Um, what I really love about this ride, and I, I love that it makes you think like I came off, I came off of watching that video and being like, what are my thoughts of what the future will look like? And I feel like that was the intent of this type of stuff in Epcot that doesn't really exist anymore because nobody wants to fund it. And maybe nobody would go on it because everyone needs to see like Donald duck, like, you know, with a, with a, you know, with a marionette or whatever it is in his hand. I, with a maraca. Maraca in his hand. <laughs> marionette in his hand would be cool. If he too. had a marionette in his hand, it would be a, like a cooler ride, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> of himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how meta. So, yeah, so I, I love that. And I love how everyone's version of the future is is so, like, so, like, slick. Like, they just mm. thought we would all just be, like, in these, like, very, like, aluminum sort of environments. And there'd be, like, neon lights. And we'd be, like... They, they, they take the emotion out of it, which I think is why it never lives up, because I think now, like, we like everything, like, kind of charming. Like, they, you know, there's no, there's no tea in the future, apparently, Luke. There's no cupboards. They didn't think we had them. They just thought we were, like, they thought it was, like, just some aluminum can that we opened up and we just, like, did a shot of tea in our arm. Yeah, but they like they like, they bring some uh, some humanity into it. Like there's like there's a birthday party at the end, right? And they're like they have a cake that they're doing through holograms. It's the most cold birthday party like we're having this year. I mean, it was that's the one part that they got right. Right? Yeah, the Zoom <laughs> that's the, happened. The Zoom and future. They'd be happy to know that. But my whole point is, it really got the wheels turning. So, um, out of twenty five points, I'm gonna give this a twenty. Okay. All right. 20. So I, uh, I found out that that during that, for that birthday scene or whatever, Disney had to pay royalties for happy birthday. So they had to pay like three grand in order to use happy birthday in that scene. <laughs> what? Yeah. Who, who owns happy birthday? Carvel? Uh, uh, no, it's, I, I can't remember the name of the group, but it's like, I don't know, like Hemisher Bernstein or something. The Sherman brothers didn't write happy birthday. They wrote everything else. You think that they could have written a little ditty that was like going to be the future happy birthday. They should have made a new happy birthday. Yeah. So we didn't have to sound depressing when we're like, happy birthday. All right, Luke, Yeah, I was going to say, so for me, I mean, so I know this is kind of a dual category nostalgia slash fun. The, so the thing, the thing for me about this this ride, in terms of the, it's amazing because we will never see a ride like Horizons again ever. They will not build it like that anymore. And uh, Adrian, to your point, it would if they if it was modern day, it would look like Tron light cycle run, and that's just depressing. So we don't, no one wants that. Um, the the thing, the, I was, and I was thinking about this before I joined you guys today. So if if Horizons was still open today. Though we would we would now be having a conversation by oh my god how laughably outdated is it and when, what are they going to do about it and you know when are they finally going to get rid of horizons and all that so I've got I've got to admit that as, as amazing as it was it did it was a ride of its time I think and it fit quite nicely so I'm I'm going to go I'm going to go the full twenty five. Just on that, just for the nostalgia. Oh, I do not. That was a little. Yeah, I, yeah, you, you went in a different direction. Like yeah, yeah, I thought you were gonna low lowball it. <laughs> like, no, no, no just I was gonna sink this ride. 
I think it, no, it was it was a ride of its day. We'll never see the like of it again. And it, and I think it went at the right time because it would start to look. It would have started to look laughably old. So it, it exists in its own little. Do you feel that way about Spaceship Earth? Well, it's different oh, because Spaceship Earth is about the history, about the right? Past. They're talking about the past. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah. I mean, we I all mean, we all I, love robots. You know, we're cool with, like, you know, c- kind of, like, clanky, uh, you know, audio and animatronics. That's not that's not the issue. But I agree. Like, you know, they are showing – it is now that they are part of, like, the first part of this ride. Like, where it's, like, this, this vision of the future that didn't – you know, is never going to come to be because it's ridiculous. So. Sure. so how did how did it do, right? How did it do? All right, so out of 50 points total, uh, I've scored it a 44. Adrian, you've scored it a 40. And Luke, you've scored it a 43. So we've got a grand total of 42.333. Repeating, Ty goes to the ride up to 43. Okay, and that's respectable. I think it's very respectable. I think that that's kind of, you know, where this sucker belongs. Right, right. The, I have to drink my five, but yeah. yeah, that was that. That's a respectable thing. I mean, I I don't think it's a fifty, but it's definitely had to break forty. Yeah, for absolutely. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that's where it belongs. Is like somewhere in the in the mid forties, which is where it's where it's at. Mm-hmm. So where does that where does that fit in with your ongoing list in comparison to? Is it are we are we towards the top? I'm assuming then with forty three or so out um, of out of defunct rides, we've only done one other defunct ride, and that was um, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. That was Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. That came in at, at a thirty one. So this is significantly oh, so we're, we're, significantly better. So we're well than at the top. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we're well at the top. Then that's yeah. fine. So. It, it, it shrunk the audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, can um, I can I just say though, for what it's worth, I would have given Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Way better than thirty-one, but I'll leave. I'll. I'll well, let's not get into that. I'm surprised. I, don't that I didn't realize we gave it a thirty-one because I. I remember giving it like high, high scores. Um, you know, like sometimes it got high scores and sometimes uh, not, not as much. So I, I, I think Ryan. Just so you, you know who to be mad at, Luke. I think it was Ryan who graded it poorly. <laughs> and I, quite I love Honey. I shrunk the audience as well, and I would want it back today. Yeah. Um, but uh, in terms of like overall, <laughs> we have one ride that we cannot it cannot be taken down. It hasn't been, but we still have we still haven't done Rise of the Resistance or any of these rides. But Tower of Terror is still at forty eight point five. Yeah, yeah. Which and, uh, you know, like we we did it really early on, and uh, I don't know that it's ever going to go <laughs> go away because it's it really is such a good uh, nearly perfect ride. Um, yeah. So, do you agree, Luke? Oh yeah, absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, it belongs. It belongs. Excuse me, it belongs at the top. So that's what's what is uh, Luke? What's you, what is your favorite attraction? So, so my favorite, my favorite attraction ever that that Disney have ever done was the Great Movie Ride. Um, mm. but, which really? is no longer with, yeah, which is no longer with us. But because because for two reasons. So I love theme parks, but my other great love in life is old Hollywood movies and stuff like that. So it, that was like the perfect. Perfect ride for me. But, um, oh, I, I I would have called that ride the mediocre movie ride. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. Harsh, Not my favorite. Yeah. But that was. No, I, I think we should have you back for that episode because I. <laughs> it would be a good discussion. <laughs> yeah, but we, we we can violently drunkly disagree on that one. So yeah. that's, that that should be good. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, what would you guys do to? What would you take out to have this back? Uh, so this was replaced by Mission Space uh, in in Mission Space opened in 2003. Uh, and at the unveiling of the plans for Mission Space uh, with the agreement between Disney and Compaq, the official press launch script said that the new attraction would be so big that the current building won't hold it, um, which is kind of odd because Mission Space is obviously considerably smaller of an attraction than than, than you know, Horizons was. So uh, in building and in, you know, uh, grandeur so uh you know i i like mission space but i would get rid of it like three times over for for horizons Fuck mission space yeah, <laughs> yeah. that I, goes I, it's, it's one of those that mission space is one of those rides that i forget that it's there until i go actually go back to epcot and i'm like oh well let's go and do mission space <laughs> I, I don't i don't know if you guys agree but i don't I, it, it's one of those it's just one of those rides that I don't ever think about until I'm there. I never think about it until I'm there either. However, I do. I actually do uh, enjoy the ride. Like I, I like the 
yeah. the, the physical feeling that you get with the ride. And I know some people don't because it makes you sick, but I kind of like that. Um, I'll take it one step further, Luke. I don't even think about it when I'm there. I don't think about it when I'm on it. I'm thinking about what I'm going on next. <laughs> I mean, now that they got rid of Gary Sinise, I kind of believe, I kind of, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Oh, did they, did they get rid of Gary Sinise? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a whole oh, new right. show. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. That's it's cool. even more boring, if you could imagine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, but you know, moreover, I, I think that, that, like I said before, like the future world needs like a new horizons, you know, something for us to be inspired by again. Um, well, we're getting Moana. Yeah. I didn't got cut it. <laughs> you know, like all, all the new, all the new rides, all the, like the things that they're bringing up, even though like they look fun, you know, like, uh, guardians of the galaxy, um, cosmic rewind looks like a blast. Like it looks super fun. But uh, it doesn't look inspiring. It doesn't look like it's something to like, you know, teach our children like how to look towards like a, a you know, a great big beautiful tomorrow. It doesn't teach you like to do better. You know, it just teaches you to like, you know, buy Disney. There's no focus on tomorrow's child. Yeah, which is like it's sad because like they're at one point this although it was a theme park like had a bigger aspirations. Yeah, these kids today were born too late. Yeah. We got lucky. We did. We totally did. <laughs> yeah. And and you know, so I mean, these attractions, not just Horizons, but you know, World of Motion, some of those other um, attractions that are no longer with us. But the the greatest loss to that park has been the music of those of those rides. I think. Oh, so, the music is so good. First, it's amazing. sure. And I know that. I know that. Lo- go to Epcot during the holidays, and they're playing Christmas music at Epcot. You're like. I am here for that fucking music. Turn it off. <laughs> I don't want to hear jingle bells in Epcot. Yeah, and it, well, there's, they play you know the little snippets and some of the background music, but it's just it's just not the same, and it's just mm. a shame that they don't. I think I, I know that I know they did like the whole Epcot Forever show, which was temporary and all that kind of stuff. The I best. just. Yeah, but I, I just I don't, I don't get I don't know why they don't I don't know why they don't use their history more because it's it's so it's so beloved by so many people. Um, it's a shame, but yeah. yeah, you know, I totally I agree. I'm totally with you on that. The music makes that park. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, so as we wrap up, Luke, thank you so much for joining us today and helping us to drink that ride uh, and and find out a little bit more about horizon. Thank you, um, Luke. Yeah. How can Thank our, you. how can our listeners hear some more of that sweet, sweet British accent? <laughs> oh, well, well, I've been working on it for years, so that's fine. But um, yeah, uh, well, yeah, you can check, so you can check us out over at themeparkportal.com. Um, and then the, we're the theme park portal podcast, obviously the most imaginative name we could come up with, but um, we're, we're literally everywhere. So Spotify, iTunes, uh, on our website itself, even, AmericanPodcast.com, even though we're not an American podcast for some reason. We found out we were on there the other day, so that's fine. But, um, yeah, so you can get us on your favorite podcast. And Go if ahead. you need, like, a little entree, like, if you if you don't just trust Luke from this episode, you can listen to the episode we're going to be on, which is coming up, and then it can help you get to the other episodes, because by then you'll be comfortable with Luke, and you can <laughs> just listen to the whole co- the catalog of Theme Park Portal podcasts. Exactly. I mean, you, well, so you guys, sh- you guys, sh- you guys should be doing my social media for me. I definitely. Have to, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> you probably get you probably get flagged for expletives or something. <laughs> um, all right. So guys, so how drunk are you on a scale of vacuuming robots to Jules Verne, the chicken lover? Oh, I've, I'm, I, that, that chicken is looking very inviting at the moment <laughs> for me. I don't know about you guys. I, I think I, I think I'm the the guy in the barber's chair. Like I just want to lay there and let everyone do everything for me. <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I think I'm John from Carousel of Progress. I'm like I'm like drunk enough to deal with my family at all times. My extended family living with me, uh, but like you know I can still hold a conversation. Oh, yeah, like it. Uh, in closing, The Dark Ride is presented by Drunk Distory. It's available every Wednesday on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are available. The show is free, but you can always pay us by simply liking and subscribing, maybe giving us a five-star rating and a quick review. Those things really, really help us out. Um, you know, Or you can just help us out by telling a fellow Disney Parks-loving friend to listen. 
Uh, feel free to hit us up at drunkdistory at gmail.com for comments and uh, drink recipes, mugs, all the, all the works. Uh, we, uh, we've gotten some, some recent fan mail that we'll be talking about in uh, an upcoming episode um, that, uh, that really brings some, some pretty interesting topics up to light. Uh, also, you can please follow us on our Instagram for lots of Disney, uh, great Disney Parks content at Drunk Distory. Uh, thanks for joining us, and remember to always keep your kingdom cool. Thank you.